0: Friday night, I was kind of shaky, cold, hot. I went to sleep, man. I felt like I was about 300 degrees. I felt like I was in hell while I was sleeping. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't feel bad when I woke up. And then the next day, I sweated a little bit. But uh, Beth was feeling achy and stuff all over. Then Howie calls and says he was achy and, and uh, he tested uh, positive. And I thought, well, hey, that's all I need to do is bring it in here. Then to come to find out, some other people had it too. And uh, it's like one of those things you need to just stop it. Let it. If it's a real quick thing going through, let it go through and take your Bibles. Go to Genesis. So, uh, uh, Dave, y'all know about Dave, brother Dave Roberts passed away. Uh, and he, the funeral is going to be over Cornerstone, uh, Thursday, two to four is the visitation services right after that, I believe, correct. And then they're going to bury him on Friday. Now I'm not sure you, you get the stuff on the burial. At what cemetery? cemetery. David. For, okay, but uh, there'll be more stuff about that as the, as the day goes on, the week goes on. So anyways, if anybody has any questions, please come and ask me. Uh, I'll sit down and talk to you anytime you want. That's okay. Uh, but in any case, uh, that's, that's what Brother Siler. he's known Brother Siler for years, I guess. And uh, he, want, he said he wanted Brother Siler to do his funeral. I'm like, that's good with me. Uh, you don't have to worry about, I mean, when you're dead, you're gone. That's one thing you got to realize. If you're saved, you're not here anymore, you're gone. So uh, I, like, I, just, I like the thought of knowing that I'm, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, uh, that nobody can touch that thing. And really, I don't care what you do with my body after I'm gone. Uh, you can throw it in a ditch for all I care. Uh, I mean, really, what, the Lord's going to put the thing back together when he comes back. Take your Bibles again go to uh, Genesis 20, chapter 20. Abraham is finishing up his uh, conversation with Abimelech. And, uh, it's really amazing how he's doing what he's doing. Uh, but he continues on. Uh, let me see if I'm in the right place. All right. Verse 19. We looked at it last week and in, uh, verse 19, Abraham is sitting here and he says, and God opened her eyes. Uh, let's go back to verse 17 and God heard the voice, uh, uh, Hagar and Ishmael is out in the uh, the desert. Uh, he's underneath a, a bush and it says, that God heard the voice of the lad and, and the angel of God called unto Hagar out of heaven uh, and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard thy voice, uh, the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up thy, the lad and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. Now that's a promise. When God gives you a promise, you got it. Uh, You can go to the bank on that thing. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with the water and and gave the lad drink. And God uh, was with the lad, uh, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And uh, he dwelt in the wilderness of Padan, and his mother took him, a wife, out of the land of Egypt. So uh, Abraham did the right thing. It was sad for him. Sometimes we do stuff in life, and it's just hard. Uh, but he had to send her away. I'm sure he loved her. I'm sure he cared for her. He'd been with her for some time. Uh, he had a son. Uh, back then, having a son uh, in that time frame was, uh, I mean, that was important for a man to have a family. Uh, Sarah couldn't have a child. So uh, the whole story is she gives him her handmaid. But, but when Abraham had that son, you, you get emotionally attached. And the young boy was, was part of him. And uh, he loved that child, but he also loved God. And the Lord said, Hearken unto Sarah. So the Lord told Abraham what to do. Uh, he told him to just listen to her. Sometimes, we, I talked about that last week, you got to watch who you hearken to. Uh, hearkening to somebody just because they're a friend or, or a relative or anybody around you, uh, you got to watch that thing sometimes because uh, the advice they give, if it goes against the book, then you got a problem. If it doesn't go against the book, who cares? You know I mean? Put cream in your coffee. I don't care. Uh, but if. if You know, I wonder if still they're drinking coffee in heaven. I got to, if the marriage supper of the lamb will have coffee. I have no idea. I got to think about that. That Somebody got a verse on it, please let me know. Hagar, uh, verse 19 there, it says, and God opened your eyes. And I mentioned this last time too. God has to open our eyes sometimes to stuff. Uh, So many people in the world, their eyes are blinded. I mean, they're just blinded. And you will talk, and we can talk to people all day long, and you can get information from people But until God opens your eyes, uh, you're not going to see what he has to offer. I went up to uh, Michigan. We dropped that van off up there. Take your Bible, go to Psalm, I think it's Psalm 127. 127, I think it's 127. Is Is it, is it, is it, is it? Maybe it's Psalm 27. Maybe it's in the Bible somewhere. The guy preached on it up there, Brother Wheeler did. I thought it was 127, but it might be two, two, two twenty-four. Yeah, 27. And I mean, you start reading down through there. It's a great Psalm. In verse 4, it says, One thing have I desired uh, desired of the Lord that will I seek after. It's something you have to seek after. You have to, you know, unless the Lord opens your eyes, you can't see 27. Psalm 27, verse four. Are we there? Psalm? You're looking at me. Okay. That's good. Cause she's looking at me funny. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm in the wrong place, but it keeps saying 27. Uh, But you almost had me, see, that shows you right there. I was listening to her, and she almost had me convinced that I was in the wrong place, even though I'm looking at the right place. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And uh, as he's reading that, that's probably my favorite verse. uh, Really, honestly, I've got some verses in the Bible that I just love. Uh, This one was one of them. Uh, I told the Lord a long time ago, all I ever desired, really, I just want to be uh, in him, with him, serving him. And uh, he's allowed me to do that and run around this little church and, and do stuff that I, I just couldn't believe he ever did that. It's amazing. Uh, verse 8, he says, when thou uh, said, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Then go to verse 13. He goes, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Brother, I'm telling you what, I don't know about you, but we're in a land today that is crazy. Yeah. It is just whacked out completely. I was telling Beth on the way over here, 100 years ago, everything stayed the same forever. So old people was never really uh, appalled at much of anything because everything stayed about the same. There's a little bit of change, just a little. Now now it's changing so fast that I got saved in 1980, and it's changing so fast, almost minutely, yearly by me, I can't hardly really even keep up with what's going on. I mean, it is insane. And you sit there and say, what it is? It's, well, unless I, I had fainted unless I believed. I still believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I still think he can do some good stuff. But you know what that is? That's him opening your eyes to some things that you can see it. The trust has to be in him. And brethren, everything that you're going to go through, when you go through, I don't care what part of your Bible you go through, what you're getting is faith. you got to get to the place where you're trusting him. Because he, he, uh, he could allow some things to happen in our lives, that, that you may or may not agree with. There's things he's done to me in my life I just did not agree with. Uh, he goes on, he says, wait upon, wait on the Lord, verse 14. Be of good courage. Man, I tell you what, you just beat me up, smash me down, do everything else, and you tell me to wait on you. But I want to get out of this thing right now. I don't care. Oh, I was... Boat, 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 man. Don't ever go boating. Somewhere overseas, I forget where it was. A bunch of people got in this little harbor, uh, this rocky cliff and stuff, and I seen the video clip. It was terrible. This whole rock face, I mean, from the, oh, the water line all the way up, it looked like it's probably 80, 90 feet of rock, just sheared off and timbered like a tree. And there was two boats. I'm, I shouldn't be laughing. There's two boats that just smashed in things all over the place, and they said seven people just died right there. Boom. You know what I know? It's a point that a man wants to die, and you never know. You're out there just having a good old time in a in a, in a harbor, and there's all kinds of other boats watching that thing. And I'm like, Lord, what's the chances of that rock falling at the moment two boats are down there in that, in that, that thing's been there for thousands and thousands of years. And then all of a sudden, two boats get in the way. You know when the Lord says it's your time? It's your time. And I don't care where you're at. Something's gonna fall on you and squish you. My mom's always worried about leaving the house. If I leave the house, I could get COVID. I'm like, <laughs> an airplane could fall out. I, I was joking, but that's true. An airplane could fall out of the sky and squish you. But it says right here, wait on the Lord. you got to get to the place where you wait on him. What you're going to see through Abraham here and Isaac and Jacob and all the rest of them is they learned how to wait. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What's wrong with most people today is we never learn how to wait. We don't know how to be patient. I mean, patience, an old person, I'm learning that myself. Old people, we're starting to get patient. We start learning patience. And you just got to wait. You just got to wait. There's just, you can't force stuff. Uh, when you force it, you usually break it. Uh, Hagar is sitting here, and Abraham, is, is. he didn't wait, and now he's got this problem, and he's got to deal with it. And it says, God opened her eyes, and she saw the well water it's Sitting right there. You know the solution to our problems about nine times out of ten is like right in front of us? I said, we can't see it. We just refuse to see it. Because we let the weight of this world, when you get your eyes off of him, what will happen is the world will start coming in. I was mentioned that a few minutes ago about the world changing so fast. There is about 10,000 things that you can have your mind on right now. In this room with just these few people, 10,000 things, probably 100,000 things you can have your mind on. Your mind could be racing off in 100 different places. I, I love reading my Bible, but I hate reading my Bible. I'm sitting there reading my Bible, and my mind starts going, out there. I'm like, Whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. And then I'm back here. I put my finger there, and, I'm saying, uh, and my mind goes out that way. I'm like, what is it doing? Uh, you know, you would think that you could be able to control the thing. I'm going to control it. I'm going to control it. And uh, it's over there somewhere. And then somebody needs something. And I'm sitting there reading. And, I, and then I'm like, oh, I need to do this and do this to help. I'm like, wait a minute. Why can't I just stop and think about this? Because the world has thrown so much stuff in our heads that we can't stop. Uh, brother, it's, it's a danger. We're, we're in a dangerous place. Uh, it's, it's almost like they're just constantly throwing this stuff at us so that we get our minds off of God. Somebody doesn't want you to think about the Lord. And God opened her eyes, and she saw the well of water. And she went and filled her bottle with water and gave the lad a drink. 100 feet away, 100 feet away, uh, your solution, the Lord is always there. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. But if you sow the right thing, you're going to reap the, reap the right thing. And usually when the Lord, Lord puts you through something, the the... If he has to bring a raven with water and, and a piece of meat to feed you under a juniper tree or by a well, he'll do that. He'll do whatever he has to do to, to meet your needs. The, the key is, is are we going to wait? He'll always work it out. Uh, the Lord opened our eyes. Uh, John 14, 10, I'm, I read that. And, uh, 14, how many people die and go to hell because they do not let God open their eyes? I mean, they just refuse to believe what God said. There's two options on this planet, evolution or God. Uh, I do believe there's some, some validity to global warming. I believe that. Uh, how much, I don't know. I just can't believe that if you look at a picture of the earth at nighttime and you see the amount of lights on this planet all the way around and what, how much power it takes to produce that power to make them lights work, and there's cars flowing all over this planet. Uh, I've watched a documentary on uh, uh, Australia, and, and 20, I didn't know this, 2019. That's just a couple years ago. 2019, 21% of Australia burned up, caught on fire. I thought California had a fire problem. Australia looked red. I mean, it's just burning up. Smoke all. The, people were dying from smoke inhalation in cities. You say, what is that? Well, they're down here on the bottom somewhere, and we're up here having a really great time, and, and we're using up all the gas and oil and everything else, and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter down there. Well, Australia's close to hell anyway, so it's... it's <laughs> Joking, joking. They had, a, they had a, uh, uh, a tropical rainforest in Australia that they said would never burn because it was wet. All times like over in uh, the Amazon, the thing dried out and it's gone. It burned up. And you say, what is it? Something's going on on the planet. Whether the earth is moving uh, in, a, in a cycle or whatever it's doing, something's happening that the Lord knows all about. Nothing's going to slide by him. But you got two options. It's either God or evolution. I just choose to believe God. It's harder for me to believe evolution than not to believe evolution. So many, 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 many years ago, about 42 of them, I just said I'm going to trust God for everything. And what you do is you start in a path down the road. I had a, another strange cause sitting down in the parking lot. When was that, Friday? Maybe Friday or Thursday. I look down at my phone and I get this international code 62. And it's, it's the Philippines. I'm like, who in the world would call me from the Philippines? So me because so i just inquiring minds want to know. I'm, <laughs> hello? And as a young boy in the Philippines who does not know whether he's saved or lost, uh, asking me about salvation. And I'm sitting there going, I'll go through a bunch of stuff, spend about 30 minutes with him, and and I realize I'm really not getting anywhere with him. He just, for whatever it is, he just doesn't, he can't grasp. the. It's because he has no light. And so I get up there to this meeting, and and um uh, uh, Detroit up at Brother Reagan's church and Brother Mike Wheeler's up there. And I was sitting there talking. I said, Brother, I got the weirdest phone call today. He goes, you did? I said, yeah. I said, it's from, from the Philippines. There he, goes, or, uh, he said, block it. I'm like, block it? I said, why would I block it? He goes, because I get to call too. He says, this young guy who doesn't believe that he's saved. I said, that's him. And I'm sitting there going, he's called Dr. Walker. He's called Dr. Peacock. He's called Dr. Uh, Wheeler. He called me. I don't know why he called me and that crew, but that's okay. Uh, and I'm sitting here going, okay, I'm done. I'll block him. Because the, he, he just kept going in circles. And I started thinking, I said, Lord, what is it? That's because he has no light. Something he's missing the light. That, and only God can give you that. Only the Lord can give you that light. And I was sitting there thanking God. I said, Lord, thank you for opening my eyes to some things in life. You know what Hagar did? She's thank God for opening her eyes to the water. Verse 20. And God was with the lad. You can bet when he told Abraham, I'm going to take care of him, I will. And he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer like Nimrod. And, and he dwelt uh, in the wilderness of Padan. And his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. She went back to the way she was. She went back to her, her roots and found a wife for her, hus- for her son. Uh, most people always, when it gets faced with something like this, will go back to their roots. They'll go back to the something. Uh, she, had a, she had everything that she could. I like Ruth. Ruth and Naomi is probably the greatest story in the Bible that I like. I like Rahab the harlot, too. I like her. She's pretty cool, too. I mean, she's sitting here. Rahab is in Jericho, and she looks out, and here's this big army. Two guys coming, and she knows the army's coming. She knows it's all over. It's toast. We're gonna, She didn't just leave Jericho and go somewhere else to hide. She said, no, I'm going to face this thing face up. God's right the Lord is right, and I need to get on the right side. And those two guys come in. Now, what's the chances of out of the city that side that they end up in Rahab the harlot's place? I mean, really, you got to stop thinking, you know, the Lord did. He directed those two guys right to Rahab the harlot. Why? Because he knew that Rahab wanted light. And he said, I'm going to give Rahab some light and see what she does with it. And he already knew what she was going to do. And she hid the two guys, sent them out the right way. And hung the red string out the wall, and the rest of it, the, the walls all fall down, and Rahab's little house is up on the third floor still standing with all of her people in it. And, and she gets to it, and she ends up marrying somebody that begats Boaz, and Boaz begats Jesse, and Jesse begats David, and the rest of it's history. You say, what is that? That's somebody who's got some light and then reacted to the light they got. That young man, when I was talking to him in the Philippines, I'm like, what? I said, Lord, I said that could have been me. I didn't even know who to direct him to in the Philippines to get light whether he would even take it or not. You know, some people will take light and some just won't. And that's, that's what the saddest part in the world. You say, well, why aren't churches full today? Because they just don't want the light. There's so much stuff out there to pull us away that when it really comes down to it is, do I want to stop this and this and this to do that? And it's usually the that is the church or doing what God wants. And it's like, well, I'll get to it later. And sometimes we just never get later. She turned it back over. She turned him back to her race. Naomi. Naomi and Ruth. Ruth is down in Moab. She's right there where where she was from. She didn't even have to go too far. She just went right back to her daddy's house. And she chose to go with a woman that she had no idea what the outcome was going to be. But she apparently had saw enough in Naomi to say, this woman has something I don't have. You know what God did? He opened her eyes and gave her some light. And he goes, here's it. You know why you need to be a good Christian testimony? Because it could be somebody actually looking at you, looking for a way in. I like going to jails, man. Those guys are crazy, man. They're just about as crazy as you can get. And, and that you see very little fruit ever develop out of that that you think. I mean, they could get out and go do something good. And in most churches, you see very little fruit. It's just hard. It's hard to, to recover from that. It takes years sometimes to do that. And most of us just aren't patient enough to wait for that fruit to, to grow. But it's tough. But you go in there, man, and, I mean, you know what those guys, they want truth. They know what a lie is. If you give them truth, they'll sit down and talk to you. And if you'll talk to them like they're humans and you'll get them, they'll take the truth. Uh, Whether it ever changes them, I don't know. That's that's another story altogether. Genesis 25, go to Genesis 25 real quick. One page over or chapter over, a couple chapters over maybe. You would think that Ishmael just disappears off the scene, but he really doesn't. Verse 9, when Abraham died, uh, verse 8, then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, uh, an old man, full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his son Isaac uh, and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah. So Ishmael still had part of Abraham's life. Uh, he, Abraham never, ever, he just, he moved him off to somewhere else. And, and Isaac was the focal point. Uh, verse 22, back to Genesis 21, 22. 21, 20, or, and it says, and it came to pass at that time that, uh, yeah, look, that's it. And it came to pass at that time that uh, Abimelech and Phicol, the chief captain of his, of his host, spake unto Abram, saying, God is with thee in all that thou doest. Now therefore swear unto me, uh, by God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's sons, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, and thou uh, that thou shalt do unto me, and he and the, and to the land wherein thou hast sojourned. And Abraham said, I will swear. And Abraham reproved him, reproved Abimelech uh, of the well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I wot not, who had done this thing? Uh, whether thou, uh, what uh, neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it, but today. And Abraham took uh, sheep and oxen and gave uh, them to Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abram, What meanest these seven ewe lambs which thou hast set by themselves? And he said, For these seven ewe lambs shall, uh, shall thou take of my hand, that thou mayest be a, that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. Uh, wherefore he called the place Beersheba, uh, because there they swear both of them. Thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up, and Phicol, the chief captain of his host, and they returned unto the land of the Philistines, and Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called uh, there on the name of the Lord, uh, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. Abraham's now starting to, uh, to grow a little bit, and, and Phicol comes up and talks to him there, and Phicol, uh, uh, they both assumed God was with Abraham. Uh, number one, Abimelech, a little while uh, earlier than this, uh, when he took Sarah, he got, he got a, a visit by God in a night in a dream. And the Lord said, you touch this woman and you're toast. And so Abimelech never forgot that. And then uh, here, Abraham's starting to grow. And his sheeps and his, his flocks and his herds and his, and his soldiers and everything else is the service of his house. He's starting to grow back in that day. Uh, you were you were looked at as being blessed by God by the amount of stuff you had. But you can't do that today. I wish I wish that was the same way today. You can look at somebody and say, oh, that guy's righteous, or that lady's righteous, because look at all the stuff they have. I've seen some pretty holy people, man, that were broke. I mean, I've seen some people that love God a whole lot more. Money today seems to take us away from God for some reason. I don't know what that is. It'll change your heart, man. It'll change it in a heartbeat, because all of a sudden, you find out you no longer need what he has to offer. And I just like what he has to offer, man. I always did like what you keep the money stuff. Just, money seems to cause trouble. I, had people, I do stuff, and people say, Why did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just don't really care about it. I don't need it. I mean, I, I'll give somebody something, and, and to me, I'm almost like, Hey, I'll just give it to you. It's better for me to give it to you uh, than to sell it to you, because uh, now somebody will say, Hey, give me your truck. <laughs> I'll sell you that. <laughs> At a a reasonable discount. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just, brethren, I'm telling you, sometimes money just gets in the way and causes people problems. And no matter how you try to get out of it, uh, that that dollar, we're all searching for it. You have to, to you to get a dollar, it has to come out of somebody else's pocket. And I'm like always, uh, I don't know whose pocket I want to reach in and take the dollar out of their pocket. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. Uh, if I'm working for somebody and, and they I worked for Lexus Nexus they took money out of other people's pockets but I'd never seen it <laughs> they were just giving me for a job a workman's worthy of his hire this is what I'm asking you to do I did what they asked me to do they gave me a paycheck I like that to be a salesman I have a hard time being a salesman I mean it just seems like you're cheating people man I mean it's just uh, I always thought that I could I'm, I'm probably wrong I got that but Abraham everything Abraham did when you look at it man I mean he went down to Abimelech and and Sarah, he said, hey, Sarah, tell Abimelech, tell you know, I'm, you're like my sister. And she may be, but that's like a stretch in the truth there a little bit. And when Abimelech got in trouble, the Lord made Abimelech give him a bunch of sheep and stuff and cattle and herds and all kinds of stuff. So Abraham gets his wealth and he starts growing and Abimelech catches on to this. And Abimelech knows, Abimelech knows because of the dream. And he knows the wealth of Abraham. He's starting to watch. Job, Job, when you get in the book of Job, Job lost all his stuff. And, and he was a great prince in the east. When he had all of his stuff, he loses his stuff, his three friends come up and now they're all blaming him that God hates him and everything else because you're a sinner, you're wicked, Get everything right and you'll get your stuff back. That's how we'll know that you're of God. The Lord didn't care nothing about what Job had. The Lord could give Job back anything he wanted at any given moment. Uh, Oh man, there's so much stuff when it comes to that. Job, Job sit there and had to learn some stuff. He had to go through some stuff. Uh, I'll get into the next chapter just a touch probably, but he had to go through some, I mean some, there's no heart and no way anybody could even think. And, you know, you have all the wealth of the, you're the richest man in the East probably, and you lose everything in a day or two. And then you're, you have 10 kids and you lose your entire kids. And and that right there is your, the substance you have in your family you have is, is what makes you a, a, a wealthy man or a rich man in the eyes of everybody out there. And he loses everything in a couple of days. And then he has to sit there and his three friends come up and just dog him out and dog him out and dog him out. He had everything. Now he has nothing. And the Lord just lets him do that for for 38 chapters, just leaves him in that position. And then at the end of 38 chapters, he comes out and starts talking to him. And by the time 42 runs around, him and Job are like that again. The Lord was always like that with Job. It just took Job some time to realize that the Lord was always like that with him. You know, the hardest thing we'll ever get in our lives to learn is that God is always like that with us. We have to learn that. He's already doing it, but you don't know it. You say, well, why would God do what he does to us? So we will learn it. And that somewhere down the road, that thing's going to play into your life. It always will. Uh, so Job was, a, <laughs> I like this. <coughs> it's, a, it's a, Dr. Rotman said this, it is the most natural thing in the world For the flesh to presume that since all is rosy, all the bills are paid, the body is healthy, money's in the bank, and no one is mad at you, then God is surely blessing. (laughs) You know how many Christians I've heard say that? Oh, everything's good. I'll tell you what, wait till the whole bottom falls out and see how they act then, man. I mean, it's totally different. He goes on and says this. By the same token, it is the most natural thing in the world to suppose that when one is sick... Lonely, depressed. You ever been depressed? I mean, depression, man, is rampant in our country today. Everybody's depressed. If you're not depressed, talk to me for a little while. I'll get you depressed. Uh, sick. Uh, one is sick. Lonely, depressed, bankrupt, or persecuted. That God is against him. That's not necessarily true. I've had people against me a lot of times, man, and, and uh, they hate me. I've never had to be. I've never was bankrupt, but close. Uh, I hate money. If it wasn't for Beth, I'd, I'd probably be bankrupt. Uh, she takes care of all my money. She pulls out her hair and she turns gray. I don't have to worry about all that stuff. She comes up and just tells me she needs money, and I go figure out how to get money. It's the Lord always provides, man. It's just an amazing thing. But that God is against us, and that's what they look at Job in the Old Testament. So Abraham, when they looked at, when Abimelech looked at Abraham and seen all of his wealth, he realized, hey, man, this guy, this guy's got something that uh, that we need. He Abimelech went to Abraham. You know, you know, sometimes you just need to go to the person that you think is right with God, and just go to him. There's nothing wrong with going and talking to somebody. Abimelech had a relationship with Abraham. Verse 23 says, Now therefore swear unto me by God that thou wilt not deal falsely with me. You already done it once. He goes, you already lied to me once. I don't want you to lie to me again. Abraham, can we just like be honest? This is the friend of God. This is is God's friend, Abraham. Uh, Brother, we're all susceptible of making blunders in our life. I don't know about you, but every single one of us blunder at some time. If you haven't blundered, I, I use blunder instead of saying wicked sin and, and all the, the failures that we do. But, I mean, we just blunder. We make mistakes. There's nothing you can, I mean, you could do it. God would prefer that we wouldn't, but we still do it. Uh, Abimelech, him and, him and him, he goes, Abimelech says for him, he goes, that uh, that will not deal falsely with me. Nor my son, nor my son. I mean, we're going to take this thing out two or three generations. Abraham, I want you. Because he knew when Abraham said something, it was going to be true. If you could get him to say exactly what, I mean, it's like, Abimelech must have been a lawyer. He said, I'm going to get you to say exactly this so I know that I can trust you. And uh, he goes, uh, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee. Well, you know what the kindness was when he lied to him. He said, here's your wife, here's all this, go and dwell, sojourn in the land anywhere you want. He said, I showed you that. He goes, I gave you kindness a while back. He goes, now I'm just asking you to return that kindness back. Uh, Phicol, the kindness which uh, Abimelech mentions here, was allowing Abraham to settle anywhere in the land he wishes. Genesis 20, 15, back in just a couple of pages. Abimelech and Phicol see that it would pay to have Abraham as an ally, and it would. He knew that Abraham and some of his buddies went over there and took out all the kings that went against Sodom and Gomorrah. And in that day, it's so hard for us to understand that you, you think out in the middle of the night, you go out there and you're up on the side of the mountain, and, and if the moon isn't out and there's a couple of stars are out, if it's cloudy, it's dark. There's bands of people running around all over the place robbing everybody left and right. Uh, and you read Genesis all the way through there, you find out that they, they go and kill everybody, take their land, live there. And then somebody else comes in and kills them, and they take that land. It's just killing constantly, uh, going back and forth. And wealth is constantly moving back and forth, and that's where Abraham's at. Phicol knows that. Uh, Abimelech knows that. And the better that, more people you have to fight, uh, the better off you are. The only problem with that is if God's not on the side, if God comes in, uh, Balaam, any one of the ones you want to look at when the children of Israel starts coming into the land, uh, for that final time uh, after they come out of the land of Egypt and they're out in the wilderness 40 years, God starts taking out nation after nation after nation to set his people up. You're not going to win when it comes to God. But Phicol knows that Abraham's in a position. Abraham, uh, with, a, uh, with a Abimelech, if he's confederate with that, he's also going to have uh, Aner, Eshcol, and Mamre on his side too, plus Abraham, uh, that, and that's a pretty good army. That, he figures this is going to work for us. Verse 26, it says, or 25, and Abraham reproved Abimelech. Because of the well of water. And Abimelech's servant, Abimelech servants had violently taken away. Abimelech's servants actually did take the well away. But Abimelech didn't know. Sometimes the master or the owner of the servants or the owner of the company or the owner, you know, have you ever got mad at somebody and you don't even know if they knew what you were talking about? Wouldn't you think that sometimes you would wait and find out if they actually know what you're talking about before you get mad at them? If they do know it, then get mad at them. But Abimelech is sitting here and he goes, huh? He goes, what are you talking about? And Abimelech says, I wot not. What, what had done, uh, who had done this thing? Neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it, but today. I like Abimelech's answer. He goes, I wot not. Uh, who done these things? You say my service did? I didn't know. Give me time to check that thing out. I'll go check it out. He goes, neither didst thou tell me. Why didn't you come and tell me that there was a problem? I'm here telling you there's a problem. I'm here telling you that, hey, I want, I want peace between us, and I want you to swear on that, and we're going to swear on that. And I'm here face-to-face with you. The best thing you can ever do if you've got a problem with somebody is to go face-to-face with them. Amen. You know what you'll do I, I remember Brother Donovan, one of the funniest times, well, it was probably the worst time in my life in Bible school. I go in his office, and I'm mad as a hornet, man, and I'm sitting there telling. I said, Brother, you'll probably kick me out of school right now in a few minutes. And I said, I already know you're going to kick me out. I said, no, I'm okay with that. I said, but this, 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 this. And he busts out laughing, man, rolling back. I can still see him rolling back in his chair laughing at me. And that made it even worse. And I'm sitting there going, why are you laughing at me? He goes, because you misunderstood. My question is, is why in the world did I even go in there first even upset? Why didn't I go in and ask him? And say, hey, Brother Donald, I don't understand this. And in are all mad. And I sit there for two weeks with this thing on my shoulder, making me mad, maybe two or three, mad at something that didn't even exist. You know, a lot of people get mad and the other person don't even know you're mad. Abraham is sitting here. That's Bible. That's Bible principles right there. Abraham is sitting there mad at this guy because he has to go out and dig a well. At The first well he dug that Abimelech's servants took, he should have went right to Abimelech and said, Look, what's up with this? You told me I could go anywhere in the land. I go here in the land. I dig a well and your guys come and take it. Abimelech would have probably solved the problem right then and there. <laughs> it's over. Christians, we have problems in our lives where we fight. And there's really no reason to fight. I mean, there's just none none whatsoever. Uh, There's always a way to solve the problem if you'll let the problem get solved. Abraham Abraham deals with the thing and and they work with it. And Abimelech, they get the thing right. And verse 27 says, And Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech. And both of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven new lambs of the flock by themselves. Number seven, uh, God created the heaven and the earth in six days. On the seventh day, he's rest is always the number of completion. Here, the deal is done right here. It's finished. Uh, those seven lambs that he were giving all through the Bible, it's a number of completion. It's always going to be. Uh, Balaam has had him set up seven offer, altars up on top of the mountain. And uh, Balak set the seven altars up, gave him seven oxen, and he sacrificed those things. The Lord answered. The Lord's going to give you an answer when it's finished, when you finish what you're supposed to do. Abraham is saying, okay, it's finished. This, this will at Beersheba is done. I'm finished with it. And he said, verse 30. And he said, uh, for these seven lambs shalt thou take in my hand that uh, they may be a witness unto me that I have digged this well. Okay, Abimelech, we got this thing between us. We both know that this is it. You go tell your people. I'll tell my people and we'll quit fighting. Uh, verse 31, wherefore they called the place Beersheba because they swear both of them. Uh, thus they made a, a covenant at Beersheba and Abimelech rose up and called the chief captain of the host and they returned into the land of the Philistine. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called the name of the place, uh, the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. This is probably where the thing started. Uh, Abraham and, and Noah both planted groves. Both of them uh, did what they did. and They made their offerings and everything else. And everybody followed suit after that. And it got to the point where uh, they just did everything because it's written somewhere that somebody did. A grove it's something the Lord never did like. He never liked high places. He, never, he always had a place the, in Shiloh. He had a, a, the tabernacle, and you could go right there. Uh, people didn't want to do that. They wanted to go somewhere else and do what they want to do. God's, uh, this thing started, you got to watch, that, that serpent on a pole. Moses, when he made the serpent on a pole, everybody was getting bit by snakes, and the Lord told him to make a serpent. It was the right thing. But down the road somewhere, people start worshiping that because they're looking away from God and looking at something that God made. And, and we do that with churches. We do that with people. We should never look at people. We should look at the Lord. Uh, I'm, my job is not to make you think I'm something. My job is to try to point you to Jesus Christ. And once I get you to Jesus Christ, step back out of the way and, and the relationship is yours. Uh, you're like Abraham. You can be like Isaac. You can be like Phicol. You can be like Abimelech. You can be like Balaam. It's really your choice, whoever you want to be like. Uh, and Abraham sojourned so in the Philistines' land many days. Now 21, this is where I really wanted to be. Or 22. Got a couple minutes. And Abraham, you would think that your life is is fine and good. And Abraham's on the side of the mountain now and Lot's all gone. And Abimelech's happy. He's got his own well. He's got water. He's got everything good. Everything's good to go. And verse 22, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. Uh, The temptation of God, that word tempted, uh, go to Hebrews. Hebrews 11. Everybody always said, well, God tempted him. No. It's a little bit different than that. I like my Bible, man. My Bible tells me just about everything I ever need to know. In the right place at the right time, you'll get all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried... You know what God does a lot of times to us? He tries us. He do not tempt you to get you to sin. He tries you. And a lot of times, the trials that we'll go through in life, we don't, we don't necessarily like those trials. Uh, they, they have to happen. They have to happen uh, because it makes you stronger. No matter what you do, you go through that trial. Uh, life, life uh, Miss Louise is going to have to go through some changes in her life now. Uh, Brother Dave is gone. She's going to have to go through some changes. Uh, those are trials. Uh, there's, there's parts that happen in people's lives that you just can't get away from no matter what it is. Uh, you get a ticket. Uh, you get all mad. Well, maybe the trial is just learn how to drive the speed limit. You know, and don't veer off into the other lane. Well, I did this. Don't do that. Uh, the, the trials in your life is to draw you always closer. And the Lord sometimes, if I look back at my life for 42 years, he's just thrown trial after trial after trial after trial after trial in my life. And I don't think I liked all of them, but they were there. And what I realized from this perspective looking backwards is I can see that every time he put one in my life I may not have known at the moment how to deal with that, but now that I'm out here I can see exactly where his hand was in that and I can watch him go through the thing and to get me to where I'm at today. Uh, He trained David. David was a shepherd out in the middle of the field and one of the trials for him was he brought up a a lion and a bear and they took some sheep. Are you going to protect the sheep? Or are you just going to let him eat them? Well, if I was there, I'd probably let him eat him. I mean, to me, it's just a sheep. Dad, a, a stinking lion came out and got another sheep today. Uh, David, no. David went and took the sheep out, took the lion out. And then he took the bear out. And you say, well, what was it? Well, it was, a, it was a thing to make David get ready for something that was a little further down the road. And guy's name was Goliath. And he was not. And Goliath was something that was going to be even greater than that. He's got a kingdom he's going to have to take. Uh, and then he's got a whole life. And then he's going to have Absalom come up. I mean, his, his son comes up and tries to take over and after his son fails, his other son tries to take over. No matter how you look at it, trials are going to be there. You can't get away from them. To be strong, uh, prosperous, and content, trials and tribulations must come. They just got to come. You can't get rid of them. Uh, I would like to say that all, everybody's life is going to be rosy. I mean, woo it's going to be like, great, I'm going to wake up today, and I, had, I started today with $100, I'm going to end it with 1000 Tomorrow I'm going to wake up. You ever taken a penny? I, I thought they were crazy at first, but I took a penny one time, and I, I didn't take a penny. I didn't have that kind of pennies, but I took uh, a piece of paper and I wrote down 30 days, and I took a penny and I doubled it every day because somebody said, "Oh, if you double a penny every day for 30 days, uh, you'll get a million dollars." I thought you're crazy, and I actually sit down and did that, and sure enough, you'll get over a million bucks. And I'm sitting there. And it's not. It's not day one. It's not day 25. It's like day 26, 27 is when that thing really starts. Because you get $100,000, and the next day it's $200,000, and the next day it's $400,000, the next day it's $800,000, the next day it's $1.6, 1.6 million. Uh, I've never met anybody who could take that many pennies and do that with it. But if you did it, ever decided to do it, you would have a lot of pennies and a whole bunch of money at the same time. But when you sit there looking at life, life if, you, if you could do that, uh, then you would be a happy person. But life isn't always that way. Sometimes you're broke. Sometimes you get a flat tire. Sometimes your car falls apart. Sometimes your car falls apart in the middle of the road. Sometimes it just life happens, and you sit there and say, why does it happen? You know what it does? You, you, you got two options. Your car breaks in the road. You get out and get it fixed or call AAA. The next time you learn to get AAA, i got AAA, man. I think AAA is the coolest thing in the world. Uh, I, I, I abuse AAA. Uh, everybody else probably ever, never uses it, but I abuse it. So all the times you don't use it, I use it for you. Don't worry about it. But you got to prepare. Life will get you to prepare for some things. I, I got—I buy stuff all the time, and I got spare parts for everything that you could possibly. If I got it, I got a spare part for it. You say, why would you do that? So that when it breaks down in the middle of the night, we was over there at the house this winter, and my well pump goes bad. Well, I had a well pump in the garage. It didn't work, but I had one. Uh, and then I had to go buy one. Fortunately, I got one. Then, I, then the other pump went bad. I had that one. Got it working. You say, why do you have these spare parts? Because in the middle of the night, when something goes wrong, you can fix it. Brother, I'm telling you, this is the craziest world you'll ever live in, but you're going to be tried. You're going to be tried. You know what you come through the tribulation, the trials and tribulation? You learn how to deal through that thing and live and move on to the next thing. God's never done with us. There will be heartache in this life. Guaranteed. Can't get away from it. Abraham had been afraid of God's test. Here, God's going to test him on his son. I don't know if I could even imagine uh, that happening in my life, that he would come up and say, hey, Mike, take your son. First of all, it would have to be a place where it would be legal to do. And, and in his case, in his time frame, it would be legal to do it. I would go to jail if I even talked about that. So uh, I can't even say we could do that. But if God came up and asked you to do something, would you do it? If it was something that you could do that he said you could do and that he was going to make you, it's a, it, it becomes a choice now on your part, not on his. He knows what he's already going to do to Abraham. He already knows that. You ever thought about the story of Joseph? I'll I'll stop with this illustration right here. Joseph, you ever think about Joseph? He's down in the the pits of despair in in the castle in Egypt. He's all the way down the dungeon, man. You know, one second before he got out of that dungeon, he had no idea he was going to get out of that dungeon? One second before those two captains, those guards, come down to get him, he had no idea those guards were going to come down and get him. The other guard done forgot him. He's been down there for a couple years after that. He done forgot all about it. You know what Joseph was doing? He was down there whistling amazing grace, how great the the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and now I'm found. Uh, The old rugged cross. He's singing the old rugged cross. He's singing a hymn down. He's probably got the great hymns of faith down there, man. I have no idea. But he's sitting down there working and here comes the jailer. He said, hey, Joseph, there's a couple guards here. He goes, what do I do now? He goes, no, 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 you didn't do nothing. Pharaoh wants to see you. For what? You know what? Joseph is getting ready to be made second in the kingdom. He had no idea of it. He had no clue. But my father does. He knows everything. <laughs> All he's saying is, hey, will you do? The trial is, the, 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 the glory is for his glory. You know what Joseph got to do? Give God the glory through the nation. He saved the world because of what he did. And he let God use him to do that. Sometimes what God did, you know, Joseph wouldn't have been worth, Joseph would have been worth nothing if if he come out of that pit over there. He already got his brothers mad at him, and his brothers wanted to kill him. He's not ready yet. He's not in the cooker long enough. He's got to be cooked some more, so he goes out of Potiphar's house. Guess what out of Potiphar's house? He wasn't ready to be second to Pharaoh. So now you got to go all the way down to the dungeon. Let's get you down to the dungeon. Joseph didn't understand any of that. Man, my dad loved me. I had a coat of many colors and my brothers hate me. Potiphar hates me now. I didn't do nothing wrong. But the arrogancy in Joseph's life had to be worked out. Just like the arrogancy the problem that Job had, righteousness, had to be worked out. You know what trials do? It works that stuff out. And when you accept the trial and you go through it and say, okay, I don't understand this thing, you'll come out on the other side with a smile on your face, which is good. I'll get into that next week. Father, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for letting us come to church this morning. Thank you for those that came out. Lord, I pray for those that are sick and uh, Lord, that you just heal them up. And I do pray for the Roberts family, Lord, that you would comfort them in their, uh, their time of loss. Uh, Lord, they, it was an expected loss. They knew that uh, Brother Dave was going to go. Lord, I just pray that now you just comfort all of them, have everything work out uh, smoothly, Lord, and, and that there's no com- uh, uh, confrontations or anything like that that goes on. Again, Father, thank you for this morning. Uh, bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.